Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. The guy that does that announcing, highest paid employee in the company. Works four seconds a day reading those lines. That's it. NHL tonight, Red Wings lead the Kings 3-0 after two. Early third, Penguins and Islanders 1-1. Late second period, lightning up 3-2 on the Rangers. Coming up later, Devils and Sharks. Monday night football, halfway through the second quarter. Seattle leading Minnesota 3-0. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. 5.30 tomorrow, we have our face-off show for the Oilers and the Avalanche. The game will start at 7. The Oilers have won 6 of their last 7. We Did we give away the, the fast track passes already, Angie? I can't even remember all. Yes, we did. Who won those? Um, a guy named Al Yarwin. Okay. I don't know if we're supposed to give out their last names. Oh, well, That's Al. not his last name, no, everybody. it's random. Forget it's we Al. said that. His yeah. name's Alan. No last name. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, he'll be fine. We got three special guests in studio. We got a bit of a, a round table. We got some student athletes in from a, a school that gave me a diploma in broadcasting almost 20 years ago, the good old Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. The captain of the women's hockey team, Carlin Bowie. Carlin, how's it going? Not too bad. Just came, uh, just came right here from the rink. So just going through that student athlete grind. How was practice today? Uh, we're actually in the middle of our December Cup. So the last two weeks of December, or the first two weeks of December, sorry, we uh, take part in a fun little mini tournament. So we do things like a skills competition. This uh, is just within your team. Yeah, just within the okay. team. Uh, today was broom ball. Um, my, t- my team uh, took fourth place, which is unfortunate, but uh, <laughs> but you know, um, it's it's nice and light before uh, before exams come rolling around. So, um, but yeah, that's just what we had going on. Brendan Jensen is here as well, goaltender for the Nate men's hockey team. Brendan, good to see you. Good to see you too, Reed. I got a lot to ask you. You just sit tight. Okay, I will do. I'll be here all night. <laughs> and Keelan Dobish from the men's basketball team. Keelan, how's it going? I'm good, Reed. How about yourself? Doing, uh, doing very well. How tall are you? I am six foot five. All right, not bad. Do you, can you dunk? I can dunk. I've been dunking since I was in grade ten, so about five, six years now. Where'd you go to high school? I went to St. Albert Catholic High School. It's a small high school from my hometown of St. Albert. Now, was that a was it a basketball hotbed of a high school? Would you say, or were you guys underdogs? Uh, there's there was times when we were up at the top. There's definitely times when we were underdogs. My grade twelve year, we were more of an underdog story. Ended up losing out uh, last game of the year by one point to go to provincials to one of my current teammates actually. So, oh, I'm sure he never brings it up. Uh, it's brought up every <laughs> once in a while whenever he wants to pull one over. No, is that me. is that a four A school or were you guys? That's yeah. a three A school. The 3A so school, under okay. five hundred fifty students. Yes. Right. Okay. 
Well, hey, uh, I I went to Grand Trunk High School in Evansburg. That was a two A school. Okay. And he's like, he's like, oh, thanks, Reed. That's great. <laughs> uh, Carlin, you're this is this is it for you. This is the fifth year. It is. And you're um, the captain of the team. Now, look, some people say that that like you freaks that uh, so, some believe. I've heard this theory that you never get the most out of the fifth-year athletes because they can see the end and they put too much pressure on themselves. Do you feel that way? Definitely not. I feel like I get a lot of questions, even like from officials in the middle of games, like, you're still here? So it's it's <laughs> well, kind of funny. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I have one more. Technically, it is my sixth year with the team. I, I played my rookie season and then redshirted um, my second year after I tore my ACL right in half, so need a little bit of re- recovery time. But now, uh, How did you get injured? Oh, I was skateboarding home from, from Oh, it wasn't even in campus. hockey. Not even in hockey, unfortunately. No. No, so. if you were a pro, you'd have something in your contract saying you couldn't skateboard. Exactly, and I think that's probably why they semi they they haven't actually banned them, but at the time my coach was like, "No, no. No no more skateboards." So, we walk. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, that's uh, fair. But for the fifth year, it's I feel like it depends on the person. Sometimes they they can kind of ride it out. Um, but for me, I, I feel like this is kind of like an re- a redemption kind of year. We we didn't finish in the place that we wanted to finish or expected to finish in the last couple of years. Losing out in semis twice in a row is is a tough pill to swallow. But uh, it'd be it'd be cool to bring that team back to the top, especially with new head co- or new head coach, new assistant coach, or a fresh team. So. No, Carla, I'm going to ask you a question, and and I'm curious to get your answer because the answer to this question. I find has changed over the last 20 to 25 years, specifically to female hockey players. And, and I don't mean it as a, as a sexist question or anything like that. Uh, How old were you when you started playing competitive hockey? You know, you know what I'm getting at here, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I started skating when I was three. Um, I basically apparently begged my parents to let me play hockey for three years. So by the time I was six, they let me play. And, and basically six, I'm 23 now. So do the math last 17 years i've been playing hockey see the reason i asked that is because we were talking off fair i you grew up near cold lake i used to work in lloyd minster and would occasionally cover cold lake area sports and when i started in broadcasting 18 years ago if i asked a, a young lady of your age when did you start playing hockey the answer is often would have been, well, I wanted to play, but there wasn't a team until I was 13, or I used to play basketball or soccer, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll... Like, it's, it, it, I think it's a... To- and, I, and I don't mean to... I, I, I just think... I, I don't think I'm saying anything that, that's sexist or inaccurate. I think that's now the journey for girls into their teens and then into women. They can start playing like boys. Like, it's more equal now. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely, like, the nature... I think the nature of the game in that kind of realm is changing for sure like for me um i didn't the a girls team wasn't even available and a girls league wasn't even available in the cold lake area until i was my first year peewee so probably eight nine years old right um or 10 maybe um but yeah so now there's you have all these different leagues you've got your initiation or your pre-novice you've got your novice adam it's all the way through and it's it's more prevalent and present now back then and i'm not even that old i'm still a 90s kid but uh but yeah no i definitely definitely not a sexist question by any means i was that was the nature of of what it was there wasn't there wasn't a a presence of young girls like myself at the time that that wanted to play or had enough drive to to want to play i was i was such a tomboy growing up that that i was one of the guys um 
and then once that team kind of came available, I was I was like, well, let's let's try it out. There's some girls that play all the way up until Bantam or Midget with the boys, and and you can even see like how their their game kind of develops as like for themselves as players compared to somebody that might switch earlier just with the with the contact and all that kind of thing. But yeah, so it's it's changing, and, and it's really cool to see. We actually do work with the Edmonton Girls Hockey Association. Um, there's actually some girls on my team right now that are on the, the ice with uh, with an Adam Girls team. So there there's so much more presence, and it's cool for us to be able to experience that now as as college athletes to to see that. That's outstanding. That's uh, awesome. Brendan Jensen in studio as well, goaltender for the Nate men's hockey team. All right, so you were born in California. Yeah, born and raised. Now. Uh, you know, again, we do have a bit of a time limit here because we want to hit on some other stuff. <laughs> and you played Vancouver Giants. Yeah, yeah. A little played, bit in the AJ. I played uh, kind of everywhere. I definitely had didn't really unpack my bags a lot until my <laughs> 19 or 20-year-old year there. Um, but, yeah, I played uh, for Vancouver, and I was with the Oil Kings for a couple weeks as an emergency and tried to make it as a 19-year-old in Portland. And then I ended up uh, actually in the USHL, too. I was in Spruce a little bit as well, Wenatchee, and they're now in the BC, but they're in the North American League. And then as a 19 and 20, I was in beautiful and sunny Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, I, I, by the way you said that, I make you f- it makes me feel like you think it's neither sunny nor beautiful. Well, if, have you seen the movie, Reed? <laughs> yes, I have. It's uh, n- n- kind of like that, but not exactly. Well, as long as no one tried to put you in a wood chipper. But anyway. Yeah, I didn't see a wood chipper there <laughs> or go near one. Okay, so <laughs> you're, 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 but you're, you grew up in California. Yes. So how did you become a goalie? Um, and I, look, again, I know there's much more hockey in California than there used to be, but I still wouldn't think it's a common athletic endeavor for the youth there. No, definitely not. So I grew up in a, in a small uh, coastal community in Northern California, so about an hour and a half from San Jose and 35 minutes uh, south of San Francisco. And the closest rink was about 30 to 45 minutes away from my parents' house. So I kind of did the same thing. I was Bowie here and I begged for skating lessons for three straight years and finally I got skating lessons at the local community rink and there happened to be an old pro there and he said I should go and be part of the in-house league and I went out as a player and one day the goalie didn't show up and I was the only kid that raised their hand and so my parents uh, <laughs> were pointed to a garbage bin full of leftover goalie equipment from probably everybody else that had tried the position and they put the pads on me and next thing you know it's history I'm 25 and I'm still playing sport I love. Now, why Nate after all this other parts of the journey? Um, well, it just seemed like a, a great fit. I actually went to the University of Manitoba my first year and was kinesiology, and I was in the process of starting my own goalie company, which I, I run in the States, and uh, Nate has a great business program, and I had talked to, to Serge and Gabby, the coaching staff, before, and uh, I talked with them again after leaving Manitoba, and it just worked out. It was the perfect fit. I'm in fourth year of business now. I'm in entrepreneurship and innovation, and it goes hand-to-hand in kind of what I want to do in the next career in my life. Carlin, what are you studying? I uh, just finished my petroleum engineering diploma, keeping it close to home with the Cold Good. Lake oil boom down there, um, and used that diploma to get into the Bachelor of Technology Technology Management Program, so a degree program that basically sets you up for management in your field. Keelan, what are you studying? I'm currently in uh, the personal fitness trainer program. I'll be completing that next year at the end of my fourth year, and then in my fifth year, I plan on taking an EMT certificate. Good stuff. Now, what for Keelan, for you, what's the, uh, how challenging do you find it 
balancing the schoolwork and the athletics and maybe a job. I don't know if you're working on top of it. I do work a part-time job. I actually just worked this morning before I came here. I actually don't find it quite as bad. I'm taking a reduced course in order to better accommodate with athletics because I'm not a great student. I wasn't a great student in high school. I had the bare minimum marks to get into what I wanted to in school. So it's not quite as bad for me. I do still struggle with it a little bit because everybody has a tough time balancing their time between practices games trying to get school work done trying to have a bit of a social life anything else that comes up during time so it's definitely a challenge but it's one that i love and it's what gets me through the day all the time is everything that i'm taking part in all right i, I want the three of you to stick around because we're also going to talk about something else that is is important to, to you as uh, student athletes at nate and, and something uh, that you're working on as well we have uh, keelan dobish from the basketball when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply team, Carlin Bowie from the women's hockey team, Brendan Jensen from the men's hockey team, all from Nate, all on Inside Sports. Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in. It's 721. My name is Reed Wilkins. Appreciate you coming along for the ride. We have three Nate student athletes in studio, hockey players, Brendan Jensen and Carlin Bowie, and also Keelan Dobish from the men's basketball team. Thanks for, for sharing your stories and your the Coles notes of your journeys to, to, to where you are now. Very, uh, very interesting, absolutely. And Brendan, you and I first talked a couple weeks ago um, because, you know, I think through the correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think through the normal process of how an academic institution would run, there's a review going on of the athletic department. Yeah. Nothing nothing scandalous or anything like that, but they're just, you know, taking a look at how everything operates, and you're doing your best to... Well, I'll let you tell it in your own words. What are you doing to try to make sure the athletes are involved as much as they can be here? Yeah, so um, all the student-athletes uh, at Nate and um, all of us here are on student-athlete council, so we were... Um, approached by our athletic director John Bauer um, to do a, a focus group and kind of about the review of what's going on um, with Nate Athletics and the whole department and um, some of the things that we kind of took from the review and um, in future talks that I've had with um, our athletic director were kind of concerning so I sent out an email to all the athlete representatives and we kind of bounced ideas off of how that we could advocate for ourselves um, in support of the review and to try to get our voice heard at the higher levels of what's going on at Nate and we decided to put forth a petition to kind of stating everything that we feel um, should still be included um, as well as trying to give ourselves a voice in doing so with the athletic department. So you're trying to kind of get ahead of it a little bit then? Yeah, like, e- exactly. Yeah, so um, I've, I've talked with John a few times since the petition's been out. It's been out over uh, two weeks now, and um, uh, starting tomorrow, I guess, it would be two weeks exactly. And um, in our talks, we're, we're kind of ahead of the curve, but we're in doing so, I think that 
we're uh, we're also um, tr- showing that we're a collective front, basically 185 student athletes strong, and that um, we would like to be involved in the talks about the review going forward um, once the process is determined and what the outcome can be. Now, is there anything? Because because I because I, I, I don't want to uh, uh, like I don't get the sense that that programs are going to be cut or anything anything like that. Uh, Carlin, you're shaking your head no, so that's that's good. But then what are some of the elements or areas of the programs that you want to make sure, like, hey, we we understand maybe you might want to cut this, but we want to make sure you know why it's important. Are there, are there things you can specify there? Well, Jenner might be able to have a bit more input on that. I, I just kind of came on as a walk-on for the Student-Athlete Council. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to give a shout-out to my girl, Brittany Savard. Uh, she wasn't able to make it because she was studying for an exam that day. All right. um, and that's where I got kind of, or offered myself up for, for this spot on the interview. But, uh, but yeah, so it's basically like the way they're allocating resources and stuff like that like for us as student athletes we we, there's some teams that get to travel there's some teams that it's there's so much that goes into what what you get to experience as a student athlete and and for me for example like I had never been to BC I had never been to Ontario I hadn't traveled much and I've been to all of those places just in my five years the past five years with my hockey team and playing against teams like Guelph University in York and University of Toronto and stuff like that um, and obviously it might, like I said, differ team to team, but just trying to make sure that those opportunities for the for the athletes of the future, like with Jensen ha- having one more year here and Keelan having two more, making sure that even the people that are coming in as recruits, that they get to they get to have those same kind of experiences that, and and have that kind of student athlete life. Now, I guess Keelan, you could say. yeah, for the basketball team, you have a head coach. How many assistants do you have? We uh, only have one assistant coach this year, actually. Do you have a dedicated trainer, or is he or she split between the men and the women? Uh, we have a designated student trainer. So the okay. PFT students that are part of my program that are in the second years with me, they, there's a group of them that get designated to one of the teams for the year, and they're basically kind of shadowing the athletic therapist for the year. We don't have an athletic therapist that's designated to our team. They kind of work hand-in-hand hand throughout all the teams. So you want to make sure you're you're hanging on to what you have then at the very at the very least. Oh oh yeah, I think yeah. at the very least um, the the current um, things that we have should stay intact, and we're trying to advocate you know to make sure that in the future that things get better for all student athletes at Nate. Right. So is there another example? Like, is there equipment or travel or accommodations or anything like that that would be on your your agenda as well? Well, we uh, we kind of touched on everything in the petition, and it's on uh, change.org, too, of kind of what um, things that would we see that need to stay intact. So whether it be travel or equipment or our athletic therapy or position-specific coaches like we have uh, goalie coaching now for the men's and women's team that are really beneficial to us, um, we believe that all of those is, should stay intact as well as uh, the teams that do have full-time assistant coaches and full-time head coaches. We believe that those are huge benefits to our program, and that's why we have so many banners on the wall, and they are, have been successful for the number of years. So, so do you have a, John Bowers, your AD, do you have a good dialogue with him right now, would you say? Yeah, John and I have had some, some great talks. Uh, we've, had, we've had two meetings since the petition's out, and um, you know he's fully on board with um, what we're trying to do and trying to advocate um, for the review and definitely thinks that you know our voice should be heard and um, going forward you know he's kind of said that he's going to give us full transparency we're, we're getting short on time do you think enough athletes do this at their school this type of thing because because i don't I, you guys aren't doing any like this is not an, an an uprising or anything like that but it's it's an involvement do you think enough 
post-secondary athletes do this sort of thing? From your experience? Uh, I would say from my experience, I mean, Nate's my second school and uh, at the University of Manitoba, I, I don't think anything would have, would have happened like this or anything. Right. All right. Well, you have to keep me posted on how it's going. we Will do. Brendan Jensen, thank you. Yeah. All the best. Carlin, thank you for coming in. Carlin Bowie. No problem. Enjoy Thanks your final me. semester. <laughs> you betcha. And Keelan Dobish, a few dunks this semester, okay? <laughs> I'll do what I can for you, Reed. Talk to you after the news. Please support 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. Visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Kelly Rudy joined us earlier. We had three student athletes in from Nate. Very interesting discussion with them. They told their stories and uh, how they're trying to work with the athletic department to uh, to make sure that uh, the standards stay high at Nate. So it was great to talk to them. NHL tonight. Red Wings leading the Kings three nothing in the third. Also in the third, one one Penguins and Islanders late. Lightning lead the Rangers three two. Sharks host the Devils. A little bit later on. Halftime, Seattle leading Minnesota 3-0. That is Monday Night Football. Oilers with a designate practice today. So the uh, high ice time players not on the ice. They flew to Denver. Colorado tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. I'm pleased to welcome to the show a man who's going to be inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in the spring, Jim Dunlevy checking into Inside Sports. Jim, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? How are you? Just fine, thank you. Great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for checking in. Uh, congratulations on the uh, upcoming induction into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard the news, Jim? Well, first of all, overwhelmed and uh, certainly humbled and very proud, obviously. Uh, it's uh, You know, you look at the people that are in the Hall of Fame, the Alberta Hall of Fame, which is pretty dang unique. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, it uh, You know, you look at the people that are there, and it just uh, blows you away to be a part of that. It's a great group of people. Well, no doubt about that. Uh, and you obviously a, a huge impact in, well, in, in different sports. I don't know if there's one sport you most associate yourself with. Let, let's start with the, with the Western Hockey League because you were director of education and uh, a huge impact on the scholarship program. Can you kind of take us through the, the early days of getting that going? Well, it's um, it's really uh, in 1992. As actually, I uh, I got together with Ed Chenow and uh, had a little proposal for him and uh, suggesting that that uh, maybe I could help some of these athletes because uh, Billy Moore's was coaching the Bears hockey team at the time, and uh, he brought a young man in, um, Mike Jickling, his name was, and uh, and and he wanted to come to the U of A, and he had been going to school in Spokane. And he's from he's from Red Deer, really from the Red Deer area, and uh, an honor student in the Alberta transcripts that I looked at, and I said, "Gee, Mike, you know you've got to do some upgrading. You've been doing stuff in down in Spokane, and we'll have to reconcile that." And so when when we saw that situation, Mike, by the way, went on to play with the Bears, I think, for five years, but at any rate, uh, he he uh, he got his academic act together, and I thought, man, if that young man who's a bright kid needs some help maybe there are others that do as well and and ed chenoweth and some real forward uh thinking people in the western hockey league uh grasped onto the idea not the least of which was 
Kelly McCrimmon and Jack Brodsky and guys like that uh, that, that supported the thought and the concept. So I started out as kind of a one-man band moving around each of the teams in the league. And, uh, and as a result, uh, it grew. And eventually, uh, under Ron Robertson's leadership, uh, we took over the administration of the scholarship program, which was already there. But it was kind of a kids would finish their junior career and then they say gee i think i got some scholarship money and they go to the university of saskatchewan or wherever say look i got a scholarship and they say how does that work and uh so we pulled that thing together and and the league office administered it it was uh it was and it really has worked out well now at this point in time a young guy says well i think i'll go to school and use my scholarship money and uh, and uh they uh simply submit their their enrollment, in other words, their student ID to the league office. The league office writes to the university, so this guy's a student, he's got this in the bank, uh, so he's he doesn't have to worry about, uh, he's covered with books and tuition and, and the fees. Well, yeah, and it's incredible how, how it's done, and, it, and it's still hailed as as, a, as an amazingly successful program. So, so that's going to make you feel uh, feel pretty good as well, uh, Jim. Of course, you are the uh, former coach as well of the uh, of the U of A Golden Bears football team, and and you had some uh, pretty good seasons there uh, as well. Like, do you when you I got to ask you this before we get into some of the specifics about uh, the the two Vanier Cups you won. Would you watch U Sports football now? Um, is it just and, and nothing against the athletes of your day, but how far has the Canadian talent and depth come in the last thirty years? Oh, there's just no question. I mean, when a young guy like uh, a former football player of ours, Brent Cordy's son, uh, goes in and uh, starts virtually starts as an offensive line with the Ottawa Red Blacks, so that says something about the quality of of the performances in in uh, Canadian university football. Uh, and if you watch the uh, the playdowns uh, in the Vanier Cup, I mean Laval and Western and Saskatchewan and Calgary and teams like that. I mean, it's uh, the quality of play is really superb. I you know basically I watch uh, I, I'll watch a, a, a U Sport game, and uh, there are fewer errors and brilliant play and strategies and well coached kids. And then turn on the NFL and see flags flying and all kinds of stuff. I mean, the, the comparison to me is pretty unique. The quality of coaching in the in university sport and university football, particularly, is huge. I still have a connection. I watch a lot of games as well live, and still visit with some of the old coaches who remember who I was, and uh, it's it's great stuff. Jim Donlevy joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He's going to be inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in the uh, spring here. He was uh, named as an inductee about a week and a half ago. Jim, uh, two-time Vanier Cup champ as the coach, 1972 and 1980. Jim, we got a surprise for you. A member of your 1980 championship team at the U of A, Blake Dermott has called in, Jim. Hey, Blake. Hi, Jim. How are you? Blake, how are you? I'm really good, Coach. Good stuff to hear. It's uh, uh, congratulations on this honor. I, I can't believe it's taken them uh, this long to come to their senses. Well, it's uh, that's just the way it is. But uh, boy, it is an honor, uh, Blake. And it was guys like you and a whole mess of other people who uh, who helped uh, get 
me to that position for sure. You know, you just can't do those things, and you'd know it as well as I do, Blake. I mean, guys like Murray Smith and, and Dan Saratak and Larry Dufresne and Clarence Kochman and, and Jim Jim Lazarek, uh, particularly, who were on the coaching staff in that 1980 team. Uh, you can't forget the, the quality that they brought to our team. So the team, that's the beauty about coaching football, particularly, or any sport really at a high level. It is teamwork, and uh, you can't do it alone. You know, Reed, I was just uh, doing a little thinking here and uh, writing down a couple things. When my first year with the Eskimos was 1983, and I remember at one practice uh, before one of our games, I looked at our punt team, and there were seven Golden Bears on that punt team. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was Marco Sinkar, Brian Fryer, Peter Schenkel, uh, Leo Blanchard, Stu McAndrews, Tom Towns, there would have been, I think Nerio was injured, he would have been on that team, I'm sure, But uh, and then myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you're playing at the highest level in Canada and you've got that kind of influence on the roster, it just speaks to the to the coaches and the coaching that, that we got at the U of A uh, in, in those periods. And they're starting to see uh, more and more players uh, now getting back in the CFL with the, with the current group, although they haven't had the success on the, on the field. But... Uh, you know, there were so many players that uh, I think from our Banier Cup team in 1980, I counted one time, there was some ridiculous number, like 14 or 15 players that had gone on and had at least tryouts, but I think most of them had an opportunity to play uh, in the CFL. And, and uh, again, the credit. And, and uh, you know, uh, I've always felt that uh, I never got an opportunity to thank you as much as I, I should have because of what you did for me in, in my career. Well, Thanks, Blake. Uh, that's very kind of you to say. But uh, it's, it, it really is rewarding to look back on those days. And uh, similarly, working with the Western Hockey League and, and the scholarship program and seeing, seeing how young athletes who previously, like in the olden days, they always talk about the olden days in, in, uh, uh, in hockey, but uh, those people, it was a different, a different world then. But now... Uh, these kids are everything from doctors to plumbers to electricians to businessmen, and uh, that's 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 the fun of being involved in sport. And when you get the chance, uh, you know those guys, those people like Dr. Maury Van Vliet, who gave me a chance to even be a part of the whole scene, and then a huge number of other people, including Claire Drake, who uh, we were colleagues, at, and Murray Smith, as I mentioned earlier. Jim, I'm, I'm glad I have this opportunity to talk to you with Blake on the line. That uh, is a be- surprise. Thank you. <laughs> no, this is a great surprise. Uh, Blake, I'm not, I, I still have a question for you, but Jim, i got to ask you about Blake because in my conversations with Blake on and off air in the several years that I've known him, I'm constantly reminded about it, what an amazing athlete he was at the university level. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he wrestled too, I think, didn't you, Blake? I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That doesn't happen by accident. No, Blake was a great defensive lineman for us, and then, of course, in the CFL, he became an offensive lineman, and, and uh, that was all part of it. Blake, uh, you know, you, you don't you don't win a national title without without great coaching. What what worked with Jim and your group to get you to the top in 1980? Well, I, I think anybody that's ever been in the head coaching position, um, um, you're only as good. First of all, I mean, players make coaches look great. And uh, we had a team in the in the years that I was there. We were in three, uh, um, what it was called, the uh, the Wiffle Conference, the Western Intercollegiate Football League. Uh, 
Um, you know, we, we won uh, three championships in a row. And, uh, and, then, and then, again, you don't have uh, great players unless you've got a, a, a solid and, and an excellent coaching staff. And as Coach Don Levy just mentioned, you know, he named the, some of the guys that were on that staff. Um, we were, my, my first year in 1979, we came in and we were picked to be last in the conference and we had 27 first-year players to the U of A program and we won the conference for the first time since 1972. And, uh, you know, I mean, so that was, uh, you know, the, the legwork that goes in before the season starts to, to identify and secure players to come to your program, which, which is what uh, Coach Don Levy was able to do, and then, and then to take these raw group of kids and, and turn them into players as quickly as we did. Uh, um, you know, I, I think that that right there is is uh, a, a good story of of uh, the kind of coach Coach Don Levy was, and um, and and with his assistant coaches. Absolutely. They had a great team of people. And, you know, one year we even got Gino Fracas out as a guest coach for the whole season, uh, which was a special period. You, I think you'd, well, you'd obviously graduated by that time, Blake, but, uh, you know, to, to have the kind of people available, uh, from the Edmonton area that, that were part of, of, of that whole, of that, our coaching staff through the years was really impactful, I think. And, uh, I, I hope that that kind of thing grows and continues. Jim, I'm, I'm going to throw uh, one more at you here. Uh, I mean, your experience uh, incredible. We talked about the hockey and the football. What did, what advice would you give though to uh, to a young coach who's uh, hoping maybe to make a career out of it or or coach at the highest level possible, whether it's post secondary, junior hockey, or whatever? What advice would you would you give to that 25, 30 year old coach? Well, uh, take advantage of every guru every uh, uh every person who's uh, highly respected in the coaching business whether it's hockey or lacrosse or doesn't matter what uh, you know one of my regrets is that that i didn't tap into uh guys like claire drake and murray smith and and uh and billy moores and quality coaches I mean, you know, you can X and O till your brains go nuts, uh, you know, worrying about how to run off tackle and all that kind of stuff. And and that was where I didn't take advantage of the subtleties of coaching. Uh, if you if we if you'd uh, heard Ken Hitchcock talk about Claire Drake at at Claire's uh, memorial, uh, you know, uh, just here he he spent so much time with Claire learning, and and I regret. That I, we were in the same dressing room together and the same classrooms together and everything, and, and uh, I was so busy trying to figure out today's practice plan and how to run off tackle that I uh, I, I didn't really dig deep into their knowledge. And I think that for any coach, I don't care how old you are, and you know they used to say about Claire, I mean, he would be at the front of uh, he'd be invited to come and speak at a coaches conference, and then he'd. Uh, He'd sit there in the front row taking copious notes uh, for the next guy that came up there. You never quit learning. As soon as you figure you got it made in the shade, uh, you're you're doomed, as they say. Well, that's that's great advice, Jim. Again, congratulations on uh, being in the, the upcoming induction into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. It, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. We're going to have to do this uh, do this again, but really appreciate some of your uh, your recollections and, uh, and 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 thanks for putting up with Blake, which I do all football season. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to the ceremony on the 31st of May in Red Deer. It's it, I've been to them before, uh, and uh, they're really a gala uh, occasion for everybody involved. And Blake, thanks to you too, man. All right, thanks, thanks Blake. Thank, and congratulations again, Coach. And well deserved. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you. Thank you. Great stuff, Blake Dermott. 1980 Vanier Cup champion and the coach of that team, Jim Don Levy, former U of A Golden Bears coach, also talked about his impact on the Western Hockey League scholarship program. Man, that was a lot of fun having uh, those two guys on together, and uh, what a privilege to have Jim on the show. We, uh, we will definitely connect with him again down the road. It's almost 7.50. We'll take a final look at the scoreboard, let you know what's going on with the Oilers. All ahead, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Please support 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. Visit santasanonymous.ca to find out how. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Delivery day Saturday for 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. Oil Kings teddy bear toss, new record on the weekend, close to 15,000 bears. Thank you so much. And we had our incredible auction as well Thursday here on uh, Chet All Day on all the talk shows. We set a new record with that, too. So pretty incredible stuff. Thank you for being so generous with Santa's Anonymous. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow. They have a three-game winning streak. Again, they have had four three-game winning streaks this season. They have not been able to stretch it to four. They'll try to do that tomorrow when they take on the Colorado Avalanche. 5.30 face-off show. The game will begin at 7. And head coach Ken Hitchcock... I asked them, so do you actually think you are giving up fewer dangerous scoring chances? Well, the, the site that we use is specific. There's eight, eight programs on it that I use. And um, so one of them is zone time, and the other one is what's called red zone scoring chances. What's dramatically down is red zone scoring chances. And that's significant. So that means that that area from top of circle to the goal line to the goal crease area has dropped dramatically, um, which usually means that you're not spending as much time in your own zone. So uh, are we doing better there? What's what's called packing it in? Yeah, we're packing it in. Um, But we're gonna have to be better at less less D zone time. We're, We're still not where the top teams are as far as time in our zone where there's a little bit too much time but we are really negating what's called red zone chances for sure much better than we were before and it's I don't know what was played here before but we play a layer system meaning that if you're going to come through us you got to come through us three times that's kind of what we're trying to build here is a layered system of defending uh, partial man man and partial zone too so trying to get that done right here all right, a little bit there from Hitch about how the Oilers are trying to defend. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Vic texting in. He says, hey, read the last moment with Coach Dunleavy was the best. The whole segment capped by his advice to young coaches. That was a great answer. Thanks a lot for Vic. That was an honor to have Jim on the show and fun to bring in one of his former players, Blake Dermott as well. It is Monday Night Football. It is not a high-scoring game. They are halfway through the third quarter. It is 
Seattle leading Minnesota. 3-0, Seattle leading Minnesota. NHL action tonight. The Lightning taking it to the Rangers. It's now 5-2 with eight minutes left. Stamkos has a hat trick, up to 15 goals on the season. Four minutes left in the third. The Red Wings lead Los Angeles 3-1. Dylan Larkin has his 12th. And in a shootout, the Penguins have defeated the New York Islanders 2-1. Devils and Sharks coming up later tonight. All right. Thanks to our guests this evening. You heard from Kelly Rudy. You heard from Jim Dunleavy and Blake Dermott. And we had uh, three Nate student athletes in studio. Hockey players Brendan Jensen and Carlin Bowie and basketball player Keelan Dobish. Fun to get to know their stories a little bit and uh, let you know how they're trying to be uh, involved in the process of a review of the athletics department. Good for them to get involved to that extent. Thanks to the producer of the show, Dave Campbell, and tonight's studio producer, the one and only Angie Quinnell. Angie did a great job. Thanks a lot for filling in tonight. Thank you, Reed, for having me. Are you doing any future shows? Um, I'm in on Christmas, so. Are you gonna put in? Are you gonna ask Santa? Hey, when Santa's like, "Hey, Angie, what do you want for Christmas?" You're gonna be like, "Don't tell Reed, but I don't want to do inside sports anymore." I don't mind doing them. I just when I have a long break, I get really nervous coming back in and doing it because I want you to have the best show I, ever. Well, we had a great show and you did an awesome job. You have nothing to be nervous about. Thank you should you. be completely confident. Hey, thanks to everybody who uh, texted and listened and participated, how, however you did so. I love you all. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.